All right, we're live. There was a city that doesn't exist anymore. To be honest, it never really existed. But it still filled the airwaves and spoke through the radio sets of a country at war. And to those who listened, the city offered stories of love and absurdity, crime and magic, all interwoven and all told with a purpose. The purpose of bringing people together and lightening their darkest hours with laughter and excitement. The name of that non-existent town was Tesla City. And those stories, well, they're the reason we're here. How was that, Jared? Did you like it? It was really good, but you left out some info, man. I may have. What did I leave out? Well, you left out what the Tesla City Stories actually is. Now, okay, I do know this. I because we've been doing it for a while. But True. why don't you help the people we're talking to, Jerry? What is a Tesla City Stories? What is it? Well, it's a live recreation of 1940s radio. Yeah. We've been doing it several years here in Portland, Oregon, and uh, we oh, are so long. I know, and we are recreating stories from the ultra obscure Tesla Broadcasting Company. That's true. Um, and the, the Tesla Broadcasting Company, as you well know, no one knows what the heck that is. Um, and we're proud to be the, I guess, what would you call it? Um, the champions of this material that I lucked into so long ago. We've been doing these uh, episodes since 2014. Am I correct? 2014? 2014. Eight years now. Uh, okay. With the pandemic. Also, we didn't do it during the pandemic. No. Take those couple of years out. But um, the Tesla Broadcasting Company, for the folks at home that don't know what it is, uh, and Jerry, you've heard me talk about it too much, but it is ultra-obscure because it only lasted a couple of years, uh, 1943 to 1945. And luckily, we are sitting on a treasure trove of their scripts, and that is what we've been bringing to audiences here in Portland on the stage since 2014. Indeed, Brendan. You should tell everybody how you actually found the scripts. It's a pretty amazing story. Uh, yes. Um, though I don't know if there's legal problems. No, I'll tell. <laughs> I, I, as a student of old time radio, which I, you know, do love, I lucked into going way back to the early days of message boards on, uh, on the early days of the internet, lucked into, uh, meeting through the internet relatives of the original engineer for the TBC and his family, awesome people. Turns out he was a hoarder. And that particular uh, gentleman who used to work for the Tesla Broadcasting Company actually had boxes of transcripts of their old shows. Um, and that is, as far as I know, we're sitting on the world's greatest collection of these because they're so forgotten. The stories themselves, the shows themselves, the TBC is so overlooked. And now these sound completely original because people haven't heard these in so long. But yeah, it, it basically a bunch of old mimeographs uh, of old script transcripts. Um, and uh, yeah, they basically became mine, I think, legally. Well, it's, it might be, or isn't it the largest collection of this kind of stuff anywhere? I would think so, because when I was first looking up the TBC and investigating, uh, you know, other than footnotes and a lot of books and so forth, there was not a lot of information other than that it existed. And they would talk about some of the shows, like The Wraith was, of course, really popular. So that would get mentioned. But as far as I know, no one has, since there are no acetates, no recordings from the old TBC shows, 
uh, people only know about it in uh, Vegas terms. So we are now, like I say, because I lucked into this box of scripts, we're sitting on the actual, um, I think, only record of what the TBC left behind. I know, in it's interesting. Since, since you found these scripts, I have certainly searched far and wide and can find very little information on it. I know. I know. It's crazy. And even fans of old-time radio that we've run into since we've been doing this, um, I mean, a few of them go, yes, I've always heard of this. And for them, it's sort of, uh, just like for us, an exciting thing. It's an uncovering, like uh, like the, the tomb of Tutankhamun, where they're like, we've heard about this. We never thought we'd hear it. And so uh, whether or not we're doing justice to them, because since we don't know what the voices sounded like right. on those original shows, our cast is kind of free to uh, interpret and bring these things to life. And it's, it is great because these are not the commonly heard. This is not someone doing, um, like, we're going to revive uh, Dragnet or Green Hornet or something or The Shadow. This is us doing shows that literally no one has heard since 1945. I so, remember when you brought them to me and you'd found this. And at first, I was pretty skeptical. or I didn't, I didn't realize the gravity of what you had found. And once you started <laughs> showing these to me and I started looking at it, it was, it was an amazing experience to see these scripts. Uh, yeah, for one thing, it is history told in your hand. And I also, uh, you know, the, the thing is, when I first brought them to you, and I should say to the listeners at home, Jerry and I have known each other since ninth grade. We're old friends. And Jerry, I don't think you were a huge old-time radio guy. We share a lot of interests in common, but that was always kind of a me thing. I was a vintage guy, and yes. I, I certainly was a fan of some radio. I was lucky. My, my dad really, really made sure to expose me to all kinds of stuff, including yeah. radio, because when he was a kid, that's what they had out in the country. And um, so... And there were lots of radio stations, even like, because we came up in Texas, but there were lots of radio stations where, especially little, uh, not the, the big ones that were like all rock all the time, but there would they would do revival stuff where they would play old episodes of, of things like the inner sanctum and the shadow and and Lone Ranger um, and that was that was always fun I remember car trips like my dad would would always oh, find a channel where right. it was an actual audio drama like original 1940s uh, you know radio shows fun but that kind of stuff is is was for me always sort of a, a through thread because like yourself I love the old vintage stuff. And uh, getting that box of scripts, which uh, there will be a longer version of that story, which I will tell for our listeners, if you guys will come back and, and chime in uh, and enjoy our releases, I'll be telling some of that history. I don't right. want to give it all away in here, but that was, for me, a real watershed moment. And to get them, of course, delivered, uh, not, not anonymously, but getting them at work, this enormous box was just sitting for me at work because this is where that... Uh, this family knew to send me something. And then I realized what was in it. That was an awesome day. But when I told you about it, it was all about, I have these transcripts and I was just going to spend <laughs> I know. months. I was just going to be sitting there reading them. Right. And possibly even I did say, um, talked about just releasing them into the wild. Like we talked about, or I was thinking maybe I'll just print them on the, uh, you know, scan them and put them on the web so that people can enjoy them. And it was your idea, like, why don't we perform them? Why don't we perform them? We live in a time now, an embarrassment of media riches, actually, because we're mentioning we grew up, you know, liking vintage stuff and right. our, our parents exposing it to us. But back then, 
I mean, like, I remember I was seven and, and Snow White was re-released. Yeah. And I think it was the first time it had been in theaters in like 40 years or something. Well, Disney actually used to do that a lot is that their back catalog in the pre-video days is they would just cycle them through and re-release in the theaters. So, yes, you would be seeing like Snow White or films from the, the 30s and 40s. They would send them back around. I, I remember like when I was a kid, uh, if you miss something. Yeah you may never see it again, or at least yeah. it took 20 years. Cause I remember, uh, the star Wars, there was a star Wars special that came on. Um, and it was how star Wars was made. And, oh, and wow. then my brother made me help him install car stereo speakers in his car. <laughs> and I missed oh, like, this story. again. Yes. And I, I missed almost all of it. And I was crushed because like, I'm never going to see this again. I know. I know. I actually do recall, um, th- like TV shows or movies that were coming on TV that I was so excited to see. And then literally in the car telling my parents, hurry up. It's like, get, we have to get home fast. And exactly. me missing the first 15 minutes of a TV movie called uh, Exoman or Inframan, something like that. And it, no, I think it was Exoman. And it was basically an Iron Man knockoff in the 1970s. And we got home like 10 or 15 minutes late, and I missed the first 10 or 15 minutes of a TV movie uh, with a bad 1970s superhero. I bet you a lot of our listeners had similar experiences. I did too, because War of the Worlds was on, the 50s version. Yeah. And uh, we weren't home, and I was just begging my parents to get home. And <laughs> I got home, and I caught the last 15 minutes, and I, but not the first hour and 45 minutes well the, that kind of impermanence is like uh for our generation is is something that later generations aren't going to really experience because things are so digitized now and i'm very grateful that a lot of stuff from the 30s including radio shows including things that were historic like the hindenburg uh you know broadcast Things were recorded on acetate and are still around, the crackly and so forth, but a lot of them are around, and that's important. Uh, And a lot of it is informative and entertaining, but the problem is, is that if you get, like myself, really hooked on something obscure, then it becomes a lifelong hunt. And for me, sitting there going, well, I really do enjoy the ones everyone knows. I enjoy listening to Fibber McGee and Molly and all that stuff. But I, I, you know, to hear about something like the off-key life of Yola Harper, knowing that I'll never hear it. There's just, as far as I know, there's no recordings of it. Right. And that's, that is, it's, we're talking about our past and what we could see and we'd miss it. Now we do have the ability to. Uh, basically on demand, but there's still a lot of stuff out there that has not been digitized. I know. And in this case, really not out there. So it's a, it's a, it's an amazing experience to, when I'm first read the scripts and even when I read them now, I, I, I get a jolt. Yeah. It's almost, it's like a little time portal and it's, it's been an amazing experience. And then to perform them live is even that much more amazing. It, it adds to it. I mean, the thing I, obviously for radio fans, it would have been a very small crowd that we would have reached if I had just put these out on the net because other than collectors who've heard about this stuff and never been able to experience it, they would read it, they would probably enjoy it. But this is, uh, I think we, we did well in turning it into the Tesla City Stories because that brings it to people, and now we're doing it in podcast form. So it is the performative thing. Instead of it becoming archived library of something that who who's going to enjoy that but the people actually being able to sit there and uh enter the theater of the mind which is radio and audio drama and just sit there and enjoy a trip back to 1944 so it i mean that's what we're doing here is we've taken these old scripts 
we found our, you know, talented cast out of locals here in Portland, and we get to bring these shows back to life, which is, I, I think, the better way to do it. Uh, we're fortunate, too, because uh, radio theater seems to really thrive here in the Northwest. It's true. However, I've noticed through the years of doing this, it has universal appeal. And uh, that's another great thing is uh, people really enjoy these stories. And I think you'd have to work really hard to not enjoy these stories. There's something for everybody. I think so. The, 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 obviously, anytime you do something that's vintage, you're worried about, is this too dated? Right. Um, and I, I think that the, the Tesla Broadcasting uh, Company's stories, which their hook which, of course, we know, uh, and one of the reasons I became obsessed with it. I don't know if you know this, Jerry. I'm kind of a comic book fan. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and the thing that I always heard about the TBC shows, which made me really want to find them, and then, of course, did, is their interconnectedness. That's the big hook. Unlike most of like the NBC shows or CBS back in the day, those radio shows were all independent and... Self-contained. Self-contained. And they certainly didn't refer to each other. Even if stars from one would guest star on another, they weren't doing storylines that overlapped. But the TBC, all of their shows connected because they have this fictional city they're set in, Tesla City. So uh, it becomes, a, it's its own universe. So even if we can't, we, you know, it's like work to put yourself back in 1943, 1944, it's really not that hard. But then you realize that the comedies, the thrillers, the action stuff, it's all of one universe and all the characters are walking through each other's stories. Uh, that, to me, makes it as fresh now as anything. Right, that, and yeah. that was uh, basically unheard of yeah, at the absolutely. time. And then for people who don't know, who don't ha haven't read comics or don't know, is comic comics have typically have universes yeah. and stories will cross over and characters will cross over. And uh, even if the genres are very different, it just becomes a big shared continuity. Um, and uh, I also find you when we have our audiences come up and sometimes people say, do I need to come in next month and just to follow stuff? What I think the TBC writers did a really good job of is each show, whether it is the sitcom or the romantic comedy, Blevins to Betsy or whatever it is, each show can just be enjoyed on its own. Right. But if you know something from previous episodes or you recognize the character of Jack Wilde, who's also a private detective in the Wild Card Mysteries, but in this, you know, Viola, he's just her boyfriend guy. It's it's great. You don't have to listen one to the other. I get that question before every show from somebody. It's like, am I going to be lost? Yes. I, and, and, they, and they're worried about it, and I can understand that. But you won't be lost, and, and you're right. The, the stories work on their own. However... There's a lot of continuity, a yeah. lot of characters uh, that cross over, and it's it's really, really, really enjoyable. And speaking of which, I'm sure most people know this, but when TBC existed, it was in the middle of World War II, yeah. and it was a very, very, very intense, stressful, scary, existential worry about what's going to happen time. Yeah. And unlike today, which yeah, is totally fine. I know yeah. we've come a long way. <laughs> uh, no, it's it, the fact that. One of the entertainment and art is important for a lot of reasons. However, people needed an escape yeah. uh, during those times, and this was one of the ways that they provided it. However, now one of the things about it, even though despite all that going on and the gravity of the times, even the the more serious parts of of the stories now, the Test City stories, 
there's still a lightheartedness to all of it. There's, yeah, there's a fun it is to still, it. yes, it's still escapist entertainment. Um, every now and then, I'm shocked. There have been a few episodes. Now, of course, I have the overview of having read all these scripts. So that, a lot of people, there are things I can't wait for us to get to that they'll be able to enjoy. Uh, because, you know, we're going chronologically as close as I can figure, um, get us through these stories. But there are things that uh, I'm always kind of stunned that they did work in. Some pretty serious politics or ideas, not heavy-handedly. But the thing they did well was they really walked that line. It is still escapist entertainment. Yeah, it's a, and it's a delight. And I have a question for you. I know the answer, but our users won't. Users. <laughs> our users. users <laughs> our audience. <laughs> what is this, Tron? That says a lot about your <laughs> really mentality. Does. Our underlings. No, yeah. So we found the scripts, and people will often ask us, do we write any part of it? Or do oh. we... And, uh, and talk about the structures, what was what's in there and what's not in there. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, and and I'll be totally honest, we tinker a little bit. I have edited some, and you, but really not as much as you'd right. think. These scripts were transcripts solely of what the actors did. Uh, I mean, you've looked at them. You see that they they don't have time codes. They didn't have. Um, broadcast dates which made me figuring out the sequence they they're supposed to go in has been a little trial and error um like oh did this one come before this one right and i have to base it on story i you know right uh, you threads to... here and there so i didn't have the production dates of each one on the scripts and when it came to the commercials which all of them pretty much had it just said sponsor spot you know, there would just be something that in the transcript that allowed you to know where a commercial happened. But we don't know those original. I do know that the TBC notoriously had problems keeping sponsors. Right. But So in other words, when we got to the commercials in these transcripts, I had no idea what the commercials were. Right. And that's both unfortunate because it'd be really cool to see what they were or yeah, hear, exactly. hear what they were. And it's also fortunate for us because we get to have some fun with it. That is okay. Yes. And this is our admission here. When you're listening to these episodes as they come out, the commercials are us. We we uh, have written those simply because, A, we don't have to worry about uh, offending anyone that's still around, a company uh, that's you know still producing stuff. And also because it's uh, I've heard enough old-time radio that the tropes of 1940s radio commercials – they're fun to play with. They really are. Uh, you know, the the ridiculous claims they would make about the health benefits of certain types of nicotine. You're like, mm. what are you getting on? Lots and, of tar. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Mm. And and uh, also, of course, the constant appeals to every product, uh, you know, uh, patriotically helping us win the war. So you're going to, as you listen to these episodes, you folks at home, or our uh, users, as Jerry, <laughs> as Jerry would call you, um, will hopefully enjoy the fact that we are winking hardcore in those commercials. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to, to perform those commercials. The audience loves them, and and I'm glad we got to do that. However, I still would have liked to have heard some of the originals. Oh, of course. I mean, I, I used to try to sit there going, well, well who would have? Uh, because they weren't sponsored by the ones that I know of from listening to other uh, old-time radios. So you're like, oh, Blue Coal isn't sponsoring this? Oh. Okay, uh, you know, it's, I don't have any idea of who might have been sponsoring well, uh, these shows. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about uh, our past eight years and yeah. what we've done. And we started, and basically, when I suggested to Brendan, and we, we both mutually agreed to put these on, it was 
primarily just for fun. We yep. thought we started in a, a small black box theater here in Portland, Oregon, a great place. And uh, we started there. We had no ambition other than let's just have fun with it. We didn't know how it was going to resonate with the audiences. We didn't know, you know, who was going to respond, what age groups and things like that. Yeah. So I was really, after we did a few shows, you know, I, we started growing. And one of the interesting things that surprised me about this is uh, I thought maybe our audience would skew a little older. Sure. Because, but it's pretty even across the board. We have from teenagers, kids, all the way up to uh, people in their 70s, 80s, 90s. And I like this. I, boy, I almost said I like the spread. And then it was like, those words don't sound good. Correct. But I, I do actually like the uh, the breadth of uh, our our audience. It it really, I did also expect. It's like, you're doing old-time radio. It's going to be a bunch of retirees and elderly folks. And Which I, is great, by the yeah, way. Yeah, oh, no, I would have been totally fine with that. Anyone that's going to enjoy it, they're my best friends. It's like, I want them to enjoy the show. It doesn't matter. But I was also surprised, like, oh, look how many, you know, college age and even younger folks are still coming to the show. So I'm not saying it's because... You know, these are universally uh, beloved things, but it really does appeal to everybody uh, that we've seen so far. It will reach folks who remember the days of old time radio. And it's also something fresh for people. This is a podcast, you know, culture we've entered into. Yeah. And, and Golden I think, age. yeah, even if they're seeing it live. Uh, the idea of audio drama is not as weird as it used to be. Right. So they are sitting there enjoying the live experience of hearing an audio drama. And now that we have turned it into a podcast, it's even closer to what it used to be back in the days of radio. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. You guys uh, listening to us right now don't have to see our ugly mugs. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. You know, one of, you know what I miss from our very first days? I, I miss the... Two wonderful women who came to our show and always knitted in the front oh, row. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a couple of audience <laughs> members who would just sit there. And I do like the fact, it's up to every audience member when they're seeing us live. Some people do like to close their eyes just to listen yeah. because then it is literally like they're listening to a radio show. But, yes, I did enjoy them because they, you know, they would not have to look at us necessarily. They're just enjoying the show looking down at their knitting uh, that sounds so homey, it but it, it did. It was very, uh, very, very charming. I actually. loved it. Yeah. Well, and we've been really, really fortunate. We, we just slowly kept growing and move theater to theater. We moved theater to theater. And now we, we play to a 300 seat venue, a, a beautiful, uh, historic venue called the old church concert hall in downtown Portland. And, uh, we're very, very fortunate because every time we put on a show, we're filling the house and people seem to really, really enjoy this show. And it's, now even more exciting now that we can actually bring this to the world. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, for years we've been saying, yeah, we're working on the podcast, which we have been. Uh, <laughs> however, the, putting on the live show is very labor intensive and uh, always ask, like, when when can I hear it from people not in Portland? Including my entire it? family. Including my family, too. So it's really great that we're going to be able to uh, bring these stories to everyone. Yeah. Literally worldwide. And uh, hopefully, too, we'll start performing in different places. But uh, as of now, we're still in Portland, Oregon. And we, we're really lucky and grateful to be back after, you know, something happened for a couple of years. Some kind of little. <laughs> oh, there was the, the COVID bump. Um, the COVID bump. But it was uh, no fun for anyone. Um, no. But, yeah, we, we did have to shut down. Oh, um, let me. Uh, oh, I was just going to say, we should probably tell you guys at home what to expect here as far as our schedule. 
Um, and what we're going to be doing is similar to what we've done at our shows. At our shows, we generally will do two full episodes of one of the TV shows. And there are so many TV shows crossing so many genres. But we have most scripts for the core four, as I like to call them. So basically, each month, if you're listening to us here on the podcast, uh, you will be hearing... Um, we will do a history recap, which that's my forte. So we'll probably be doing interviews with our cast one week. The next week will probably be an episode of one of the core four, as in the sitcom, The Off-Key Life of Viola Harper. Then the next week might be a history uh, thing for me, talking about either the history of the TBC or the history of how we found the scripts, that kind of thing. Then the week after, like an episode of The Wraith, which is the supernatural thriller. Yeah, that one's very popular. Yeah, The Wraith is one that, uh, along with um, the core four, are the ones we have the most uh, episodes of. So The Wraith, we've got we've got lots of Wraith. Mm. But uh, and then of course the next month after that, it will be the same kind of schedule where we'll have something like this, a, a chatty thing, and then an episode perhaps of the romantic comedy Blevins to Betsy. The week after that, a little history segment. I think I'm going to call those the Tesla City Limits. I think that's what oh, I'm going to call that. I thing. like that. Thank I you. approve. Uh, I'm glad. Uh, I was just thinking of Austin City Limits. We are from Texas. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, and then after that, like an episode of the mystery show, The Wild Card Mysteries. Then, this is the trippy one, and we do it here live. Usually our third month uh, is what we call the one-offs. Mm. And the one-offs doesn't mean that it's anything lesser. We just don't have as many episodes of... They did everything at the TBC. Uh, at Sci-fi. Genres, yeah. uh, they did uh, Western, Shepherd's Trail. Uh, so in other words, the third month of listening to the podcast, we'll probably do an episode of one of the one-offs or a couple of episodes. So that's what's to, uh, what to expect. Also, I think the beauty of the podcast system is once we get some episodes under us, listen to them in whatever order you like. Yeah. If you only like the Wraith, just tune into your, the Wraith episodes as we release them. Enjoy. Um, I think you get more out of it if you listen to all of them because you're following the great big story. Um, but that's up to you. I love that. Our live audiences have to listen to whatever we bring them. <laughs> they have no choice. They have no choice. We lock the doors. Yeah, but uh, you guys will have the option to, to pick and choose. No, I, I, it is so thrilling and exciting because we have literally hundreds of of episodes yeah, that we are going to be producing. And it's so exciting to revive this and to know that it's going to um, go on for quite some time. Yeah. And it's very exciting to bring this to the world. And um, also, I think we talked earlier about finding these scripts, and I think we could use everybody's help out there. If oh, there's yeah. a, cause if any internet detectives and, Sleuthers out there. Slu- oh, yeah. I'm glad you Sleuther? brought that up. Sleuthers. Uh, I think I don't think that's a word. Ah, I think you well, just it is that. now. Okay, congrats. Thank you. <laughs> T.M. Jerry Christmas. <laughs> uh, but I will say that um, that is a good point. And I used to bring this up at our live shows. I, of course, am very fortunate that we have the, uh, the, the stuff that I have acquired is massive. There's a lot. But there are shows that I've heard of and... Uh, that the TBC never got around uh, or uh, that we don't have in the box. And there are episodes, I'm sure, that were missed. So basically what you're saying there, Jerry, is if anyone out there is also an old-time radio fan or maybe a relative of someone that worked for the TBC, if you guys have more material... Uh, this is, we're just asking for it. Um, that sounds terrible. We're asking for it. 
What I'm saying is, if you've uncovered something similar, maybe there were acetates. What if there were actual recordings? I would love to hear uh, actual recordings, but as far as I know, there weren't any. So please send them to us. Uh, I actually have an email address that's specific to our show, which is Brendan, B-R-E-N-D-A-N, in, this is all one strung together sentence, Brendan in Tesla City at gmail.com. Uh, and if you don't have a pen, you can also go to our website, email us there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Please send it along if you happen to have more. Uh, also, if you have just any kind of TBC memorabilia, oh, man. Uh, I'm obviously not asking you to send it to us for free, but take pictures of it. Um, we are trying to resurrect a very obscure um, pop culture entity. Well, Mr. Jones, I think we've covered most of the bases for our hopefully wonderfully new audiences. Yeah. And uh, I think we should maybe wrap it up here. And lots of stuff's coming your way. And we look forward to your feedback and and, uh, hearing how you like the stories. Uh, And, Jerry, don't forget that you have to do this. This is obligatory. Besides the fact that we should probably pitch Casper Mattresses or Blue Apron or something like that. But in the podcast realm, you also have to say... Uh, wherever you found us, like and uh, and recommend us. Um, feel free to write reviews too. It's all word of mouth, even in the podcast world. So if you're enjoying the Tesla City stories, um, yeah, let other people know about it. Spread the word and uh, bump us up on whatever pod aggregate you, site you found us on. And you're, you're you're hitting on an important point because primarily how we've grown has been through the generosity and the excitement of our fans. Yeah, and word of mouth. So. Talking about us and liking things on social media really, really does help us. You can always go to our website, teslacitystories.com. Yeah. And I think we're, uh, I think we're on our way, Mr. Jones. Anything I think else? we are too. No, uh, I, I, I can see the, the sign coming up there on the side of the road. Welcome to Tesla City, everybody.